With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Right now, 
We have a show chat going on there, so you want to stick your opinion in on the Facebook. Get on the Facebook, get your opinion on right there. Um, we got a we got a raw chat later on. So during Monday Night Raw, we got a conversation going on the Facebook page. You want to check out our Facebook page? You can tweet us. Twitter. Our handle is at the Ken Reedy Show. Tweet us over there on the Twitter and our website. Uh, thekenreedyshow.com and we got some exciting things coming down the road uh, new website going to be a one stop shopping kind of vibe uh, 1640 home of pro wrestling podcast uh, real excited to get involved with that King Firehawk is going to be on to talk about that a little bit later on so we're embracing a little more in the technology department and uh, expanding and hoping to give you uh, some new great and exciting programming uh, from the Ken Reedy Show. And, you know, it's been an interesting few weeks because we, uh, we branched out a little bit. Uh, got to be uh, on location out there, an on-location reporter for a little bit. And uh, I'm, I'm so glad, though, finally. It seems like forever, uh, finally, the reuniting with my tag team partner as we try to make heads or tails out of everything going on in the world of professional wrestling Dave is on the line. Dave, how you doing this fine Monday evening? Reunited and it feels <laughs> so good. Reunited, I'm misunderstood. I feel great. I, I feel fantastic. I've been, I've been getting my podcast on since you've been gone with King Firehawk, and that's been fun, and I look forward to doing many more collaborations in public, if you will, with King Firehawk and the Ken Reedy Show. And I'm looking forward to tackling, dissecting, and going over everything that has been going on the past week and a half, two weeks since you've been gone. So let's do it. it yeah, it's been crazy, man. And, and you know, it's funny because me, me and, uh, you know, uh, breaking kayfabe a little bit, but, you know, those of you who don't know, uh, myself and, and – Michelle, the producer, uh, we're we're a bit of an item, um, so we, you know, what we do a lot Going of times steady. is uh, <laughs> we, you know, we we plan like WrestleMania and we kind of do a, uh, it's almost like kind of the, a Russian roulette of vacations. It's like, all right, what what city are they they planning WrestleMania? And I guess that's where we're going to vacation. So generally, we don't go for for just like a weekend. We try and plan it where we'll do some of the sightseeing or whatever. Um, you know, and take in what that city has to offer. So we, uh, you know, this trip we took a long one. We were out there for like 11 days. Um, did a lot of the tour. Loved, loved the touristy stuff. We did the, you know, we biked the Golden Gate Bridge. We did Alcatraz. Uh, you know, we did wine country. So we did a lot of that cool touristy stuff out there before uh, the show of shows in that weekend, uh, WrestleMania. So it was, it was weird because it was almost like having. Uh, two vacations, but it was cool, man. And, and again, you know, hopefully King Firehawk will be on a little bit later, give you a little bit of uh, the impressions of what we're doing with 1640PWPR, uh, new website where it's going to be one-stop shopping for wrestling podcasts. He's it's his brainchild. Uh, you know, we're helping out here. We're going to be partnering up with him, but uh, we're excited about this. But uh, yeah, so it was cool, man, being like on location. You're with, with King Firehawk, uh, kind of making it all happen. Uh, collaborations are definitely fun. Um, so it was cool, man. And I, I purposely, like, I'm excited to talk about WrestleMania and the weekend uh, with you because, uh, you know, I purposely, since, you know, by the way, everything else aside, 
you know, as fun as it was, and it was fun being on location, I missed you down there, Dave. Definitely missed you hanging out for WrestleMania this year. I just, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't put that out there. You know, I, I, I missed being there, I will say, and, you know, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I'll, I'll, I'll break kayfabe a little. I'll give you a little bit of a, a shoot interview kind of preview, if, if you will. Uh, you know, as most of you know, I'm getting married next year, and, uh, you know, finances don't allow... It, 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 finances in my wedding budget. WrestleMania doesn't exist in my wedding budget, except for the nine ninety nine I pay monthly on the WWE Network. And I understood that, and I and I and I'm coping with that because I'm going to be marrying my tag team partner and and spending an eternity with her tagging up and and and, and tackling you know the the opposition known as life. Um, so I was okay with that. And seeing all your posts on Facebook, I was very happy. You guys were having fun out there. You did the, the Golden Gate Bridge, the Alcatraz, all that stuff, and even, like, starting the, the early WrestleMania stuff. But, man, the morning of the the, um, the WrestleMania, or at least well, it was afternoon here, but it was morning for you guys, um, you know, you posted a picture of the tailgate party that was taking place near the stadium, and that's when it sunk in, like, God damn, I'm not going to WrestleMania this year. <laughs> and, he, and this son of a bitch is having all this fun. But, <laughs> in all honesty, in all honesty, like, to, to be perfectly honest with you, like, I mean, watching it was cool. Like, I mean, I didn't feel, you know, I, I didn't have to worry about getting extremely close with 76,976 sweaty individuals, um, whereas I just got to do it in the comfort of my own home with one sweaty individual next to me, uh, my fiance. But uh, in all seriousness, it was, she's not in the room, by the way, for me to hear, for, for her to hear this. She's out running errands right now. So that's why I'm getting away with some of this talk. Um, hopefully she's not listening in the car. And if you are, pay attention to the road. Anyhow, um, it set in that I wasn't going to WrestleMania, but watching it at home was really super cool. And you know, I, I could t- I could tell by the by the, the the show from top to bottom that it was like some. It was definitely one of the better WrestleManias that I missed. Um, it, it seems that when I do take a break from WrestleMania, usually something better happens at WrestleMania, <laughs> and I'm not there. But it was cool as shit to see it live on the network. And, um, you know, I'll get into my, my thoughts more about WrestleMania, but I missed being down there. Um, I, I wish I was, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at peace, and I'm okay with the fact that I was not at WrestleMania this year, and there's a strong chance I won't be at WrestleMania next year in, uh, in Dallas, Texas. But um, be that as it may, I'm, I'm glad you guys had a great time, and, and I had fun watching your travels throughout social media. And that's what's great about social media. And to be honest with you, to, to, to do this show, I purposely, I'm going to watch WrestleMania again on the network uh, to get a, a TV perspective. Um, but, like, it's it's different because, you know, in years past, like, last year I, ma- I made sure to watch uh, WrestleMania before we did, like, our show. Um, but you watching it on TV and, and me being there live, like, I kind of wanted that, like, I can't even reference TV. Like, I only have a live impression. So, um, so we're coming at it from two different places. I got to tell you, it's interesting that you, what you, when you bring up the tailgate, the interesting thing about WrestleMania this year, and I'll tell you, you know, love the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame was great. It was, it was a little long, uh, if we're being honest. Yeah. I didn't, and I'll, to be honest yeah. with you, I didn't think any of the speeches were bad. I enjoyed just about everybody. Um, you know, Zabisco rambled a bit, but I, it didn't bother me except that I really had to go to the bathroom at that point, so I was, like, chomping at the bit because there was, like, five different times I thought Zabisco was closing. 
But I do think as far as the WWE, just just give us a few less inductees in a given year. Uh, you know, you don't have to, you don't need eight. You don't, you could even just have four. I mean, just, if you want to give them, like, I, I get it. They're going in the Hall of Fame, and, and you can debate who belongs and who doesn't, and, and who are we to debate, you know, who belongs and who doesn't. But, um, you know, number one, the less inductees in a given year, the more it gives you for years in the future. Um, I just think this year's Hall of Fame would have been, you know, even going, like, looking at it, just give us, like, you know, maybe a formula where you, you induct, like, one wrestler, you know, one one male wrestler, one female wrestler, uh, uh, celebrity, uh, the Warrior Award, and, and maybe a, a tag team or something like that. I, I, I don't know. But something where it's just a little, a little more succinct. But, you know, it is, like, my favorite part of WrestleMania weekend. I, I really enjoy seeing... Uh, so, you know, individuals honored. I, I will say this, that, that the, the Connor Award was very difficult to get through uh, between uh, Dana Warrior speaking and, and uh, Daniel Bryan speaking about Connor and then Connor's dad. Um, you know, that was, that was difficult. So it was, it was kind of being raked over the emotional coals. So by the time it ended, just absolutely emotionally drained. And I can't imagine what Connor's father was going through that whole weekend. I, we actually saw Connor's dad at Access on Friday night. And he looked awful. He just looked, you know, just absolutely exhausted. And I just can't imagine what it must have been like for him uh, the, the whole weekend. But um, the one thing I did want to hit is, you know, it's interesting that you talked about the, the tailgate. And we talked about it a lot on the show. And, and, and everyone, you know, it's rare that you found a wrestling fan that didn't agree that, that the, the lead-in for WrestleMania was not great, um, which, again, you know, fans need to remember. Sometimes, you know, that doesn't matter. Sometimes you can get a, a great WrestleMania with not a great lead-in, and sometimes you get a mediocre WrestleMania with an incredible lead-in. I mean, you never know. But the build wasn't really there. As a, as a 49er fan, uh, and it's, it was interesting that where the stadium was, um, it was, it was pretty hidden. Like, it wasn't even like, like, we were on the 11th floor of our hotel. Like, I looked out the window thinking maybe I could see it off in the distance. Couldn't. Um, so, I, I never saw the, the stadium until WrestleMania. So, we took mass transit. And I got to be honest with you. Like, it was literally as we finally came around a curve and I could start to see the stadium through the window that I really started to feel, yeah, we're at WrestleMania, and I started getting a little bit giddy. And then when the when uh, we saw the tailgate, that was when you know it, it hit me like this is WrestleMania Sunday, and so it was weird. It was like a very kind of um, just like you know I, I just didn't have that those goosebumps I guess that you get like almost the week of the like yeah WrestleMania's coming. It was really it was literally like an hour, mere hours before the, the event was going to start that I really kind of uh, felt, um, you know, the vibe that, yeah, this is WrestleMania. And it was, it was hot as hell out there. It was sweltering. I mean, you know, you go to, like, WrestleMania in Miami or, uh, you know, in Florida or other warm-weather places, but, like, like, Florida, it's like, you know, it's East Coast time. So even if it's warm, you know, the sun's going to go down. You know, you're starting at 8 o'clock. Uh, I'll tell you, man, you know, WrestleMania being four hours long, so Eastern time, you're starting at 7. Uh, so in, in California, that's, that's starting at 3. 
And then with the pre-show, you're starting at, at 2. Man, we were melting. We were melting in that, in that stadium. So uh, that was, um, it was warm. It was, it was, it was pretty damn warm. Um, but had a blast. I mean, I got to say, you know, and I want to break down a little bit, you know, part by part at WrestleMania. Um, and I'm curious your thoughts, Dave. Uh, like one of the things, I, I thought the pre-show set the ball really high. Uh, I thought the pre-show was real good. Um, you know, we, we got that definitive breakup between uh, Miz and Sandow. And, you know, you, you look for those WrestleMania moments. And sometimes WrestleMania moments are as grandiose as, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan uh, winning the title last year and the confetti and all that other stuff. And sometimes it's it's more subtle. And I got to tell you, man, like with in the pre-show, and you don't know if you're going to get a real WrestleMania moment in the pre-show. I got to tell you, Andre, Andre, the Andre uh, trophy and Big Show standing next to it with his arms crossed like Andre. And, you know, Big Show's had a long career. Say what you will, whether you love him or you hate him. Had a long career. We joke about the face and heel turns that go back and forth, but you know what? He's he's been a good soldier, long-standing career. Uh, he is a giant, and and I thought it was really cool, the image of him next to the the trophy day. Oh, oh I, I will say this: you mentioned about uh, WrestleMania being, you know, it was hot and and uh, you know it started early. I thought, that, you know, and and. I'm not taking what you're saying as, as as being any kind of a complaint, but I've read a lot of complaints online that people watching the show on the network and on pay-per-view didn't like the fact that it was during that that, that the show was held during the daytime. Um, you know, and I thought to myself, that's what's so different and cool about this. It had like, uh, you know, how many times have you and I watched the Super Bowl that is played and aired out in the West Coast, and most of the game is played during daylight, and then probably I would say the last the last quarter, the fourth quarter of the game is when the sun really starts to go down and then you get darkness and that's where the, 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 the final, you know, crunch time of the Super Bowl is played under the star, you know? So I thought it was, a diff, you know, different and cool and what WWE does that I think they do so well is their production and the production of each WrestleMania every year with the color schemes and the, the, the way the set looks the design and in, in how they transform a dome or a stadium or an arena into something of their own, um, as opposed to when we watch Raw and SmackDown every week and every arena looks the same because you have the same setup every week, whereas WrestleMania was different. I just thought it was so cool and different that, you know, when you think of last year's WrestleMania, you think, okay, it was in the Superdome, we had these big purple and yellow you know, bright colors. This year, it was outdoors in an open-air stadium during the day. Every single match was held in sunlight except for the main event. I mean, I just thought that was so cool. That the the, the and the and the, I'll get into the production later about the entrance things like that. But I just thought it was so cool. It had like a um, a Super Bowl feel to it more so than it has in years past because of the fact it was split. The the, the show was hosted um, during the daytime locally in California. Be that I think, you know it's. it's- it's funny you say that because I I liked it too. I, I'm I'm totally there with you. As much as I, I it was hot as hell, uh, it it felt like something different. Um, where, um, you know, I, I mean, I get it. Like all wrestling events are are kind of in the dark. I thought it was cool. I I read all the criticism. A lot of people thought that uh, 
you know, things looked a little washed out. But I, I kind of thought it was pretty cool, uh, the, the whole daylight vibe. And I agree with you. It kind of had like a, a Super Bowl kind of feel to it. You know, watching it at home, I mean, I, I worked during the day on Sunday locally here, East Coast time, and I got home at around 3 o'clock, so I popped the network on. And I was like, okay, it's going to be – I prepared like I was preparing to watch the Super Bowl, like my team was going to be in the Super Bowl. I was going to get the coverage all day long, and I was, gonna, I was taking notes for my shows with uh, King Firehawk and watching the network coverage. I mean, they had like a big, you know, um, the, the, the pre-show crew was up in the – like in the – way top corner of the stadium covering the event and they had interviews with like Cesaro and Tyson Kidd you know a few hours before their match and they were showing like rehearsals of the the, the, the band or whoever the hell was playing um, at, at Wrestlemania the other night and just the whole vibe and the whole feel to it it really had like a huge like Super Bowl feel to it the only downfall of that was the fact that yes I know they tried to stretch Undertaker and Bray Wyatt as far deep into the card as possible um, and, I, and I think that's part of the reason why the Rock segment went a little too long because they were kind of hoping that the darkness would fall sooner. But Undertaker's entrance, it just didn't really fit with the with the daylight. That's the only negative from it. A lot of people complained, well, you couldn't get that whole uh, vibe with the cell phones with Bray Wyatt, but he made up for it because it started to get cloudy and then they started bringing the scarecrows out. And the, the, the weather helped his entrance, but it didn't really help Undertaker's. And you would think with Undertaker being gone so long that they would have made up for it. If you couldn't do his entrance in the dark, they would have done some kind of special entrance. To me, I was kind of disappointed at Undertaker's entrance and his look overall. Um, I mean, he looked great in terms of his physical ability. He didn't look like he was you know, a cancer patient like last year, but you would think he'd been gone for a year after such a controversial loss with Bray Wyatt that him coming back, he would have this completely different look, and the entrance would be super cool considering the, um, the, the, uh, the, the, the circumstances with the weather. Now, I know I just rambled on a little bit, but I'll get to Big Show. Big Show, I thought it was a cool moment. I was happy with Big Show um, winning, to be quite honest with you, um, because let's face it, he's a giant, and he, his career and, and his storylines, he should be more dominant than he has been. And I thought it was cool that he got that nod, and to me, I think that's a sign that Big Show's going to be seen, you know, as a as a part time guy. He'll be seen as an attraction. He's. I think you're starting to see his his career in WWE and in the business wind down. And I think this was somewhat of a reward that they were giving him, and very well deserved, I might add. And overall, the Battle Royal was fun to watch. It wasn't like it wasn't you know a super crazy awesome match, but it was fun for the most part. I agree with you. I thought it, I thought the pre show was fun. I thought the pre show like definitely. Uh... You know, got you ready, and I and I think I, to me it like set the bar. And uh, you know, when you talk about tag match two was great. What was that? The tag match too was great. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The tag really... match was was great. The the pre-show as a whole, uh, you know, set the bar pretty high. And and you know, that to me the card delivered, and it gave you uh, some real great in-ring stuff. Uh, I gotta tell you, like some of the stuff, um, you know, it just it, it was just a, it was a fun, well put together show top to bottom and look I get it I, I get you know one of my favorite moments I get that like you know they're older I get it all the jokes online the the geriatric world order I'm sorry man I marked out like you wouldn't believe when that when the NWO music hit I mean DX like it was cool when they ran out I didn't mark out as much but and, and to just see like knowing what the 90s were 
uh, the Attitude Era, the Monday Night Wars, uh, to see the NWO in the ring with DX what was cool. And, and you, you could get all smarky on things, and yes, we get it, that X-Pac was in both. And honestly, technically, uh, Shawn Michaels was in the NWO for a bit in the WWE and a little bit of cross-pollination, but who cares? I mean, it was just it was a cool moment. The true NWO, DX, in the ring together. Um, you know, Sting was in NWO Wolfpack uh, for a time, so maybe he can loosely kind of stretch why uh, the NWO would be defending Sting. Um, I get that. If you, Again, if you want to be critical, but uh, I marked out. A lot of people around us marked out. You can get all smarky about it and say, well, it doesn't make sense to me. It was just a cool moment for, for WrestleMania. And for me as a fan, the NWO got me back into wrestling. I, I like falling away from it. So uh, definitely a cool moment. Did not think I would see the, the original NWO come out. And, they, and look, they all took bumps. And I got to tell you, man, I thought it was hilarious that uh, Kevin Nash grabbed his quad as he went down. <laughs> I, I think that was kind of a, a, a nod, a, a kind of a, a little rib to all the fans. I thought that was great. Uh, it was just a cool moment. It was, it was a good match. I wouldn't say it was a great match, but it was a very good match, a very entertaining match. Um, I'm okay with Triple H winning. Sting had his WrestleMania moment, two legendary factions in the ring. I thought it was really cool. I thought the whole, I mean, I, I, was, I wasn't really looking forward to that match going into WrestleMania um, because I thought that the story that they were trying to portray, that it was a WWE versus WCW thing, I thought that was just... 15 years too late, and I, but I was intrigued a little bit enough to see what, you know, Sting, who's never been in WWE, on a big stage like WrestleMania, so I was intrigued enough to see the match in that sense. I didn't see the NWO or DX coming at all, and I thought that was so cool. I mean, I marked out the DX thing. I was like, oh, wow, okay, like, you kind of figure Hunter's always kind of involved his buddies in the show every now and then, so this doesn't surprise me. But I was like, who's going to counter with Sting? I'm like, I'm trying to think who's there from WCW that they would bring out. And I'm like, all right, DDP was there in attendance. Um, I think we saw Vader at one point. He was a big adversary. I know Ric Flair was there. I'm like, who's going to? And then, like, all of a sudden, when you heard the NWO, I was like, holy cow. I mean, that's what that was the beauty of a WrestleMania. And that's what makes WrestleMania so much fun is that you, you have the past, the present, and the future all under the same banner at the same time. You get a little bit of everything. WrestleMania, to me, is like the ultimate wrestling variety show. And that's what you know that segment brought was nostalgia and a reminder to get the WWE Network for $9.99 if you want to see those guys 15 years prior. You know, I just thought it was so cool. I loved, I totally loved it. I loved how they, they interacted. Shawn Michaels' setup was cool. Everything about it was cool. It was a good match, but definitely... it. It wouldn't. We wouldn't be talking about how good of a match it was if there wasn't that kind of involvement. And I think the match needed that kind of involvement because both guys hadn't wrestled in quite a while, and they needed something like that to cover up their their ring rust, so to speak. So I, I thought it was well done. Uh, the only thing I didn't like. I'm sorry. Before I stop, the only thing I didn't like was I didn't care that Hunter won. I wasn't. I didn't really care whether he won or lost. I just didn't get the handshake. Okay, and here's why. Sting's mission was to come into WWE and stop Triple H from abusing his power, from cheating his way to the top, okay? 
Triple H beats him with a sledgehammer. If I'm Sting, okay, why am I going to shake your hand after you just pummeled me in the head with a sledgehammer for the same reason I came to this company in the first place? That's the only thing I didn't get. Everything else I thought was great. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it wasn't. It, 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 they didn't nail the storytelling in, in that moment. Uh, yeah, I, I thought the same thing. Like, wow, you just got. I mean, I don't know about you, but if I'm in a fight with someone and I just got cracked in the skull with a sledgehammer, um, if I have the ability to stand up. Uh, last thing in the world I'm doing is shaking the hand of the guy that just cracked me with a sledgehammer. So, um, yeah, I was just say that was odd. But again, like the whole, you know, sometimes with WrestleMania, and it's WrestleMania. You know, it's not so much, you know, every pay per view or every Raw. Uh, WrestleMania is as much about building moments as it is about storytelling. Um, you know, at times it's just sometimes the the correct storytelling takes a backseat to create a moment. And I guess for, for that, uh, just seeing guys like Triple H and Sting shaking hands in the ring, the WWE made the decision that, uh, you know, that they were better off, I guess, uh, having that moment than uh, really paying attention, I guess, uh, to, the, to the storytelling. But it did create uh, and provide us with a lot of great moments, um, WrestleMania, and there's so many. I mean, I just thought that, like, you know, top to bottom, I thought WrestleMania, the WWE did a real solid job of booking the show. Um, I, I did think that the Undertaker's match um, was good, not great, um, it, and the, the show lulled a bit there, um, but the main event delivered after that. So just it was a solidly booked show, top to bottom. I thought everybody delivered. I I, I was okay with uh the, the outcomes of all these matches and so it's it's just uh it, it was it was a blast and it was a lot of fun it's great to see you know it's funny because the, the internet you know it's like you don't you don't hear the the pats on the backs to the creative when they they nail it and uh kudos to everyone involved and the wwe put together a, a kick-ass wrestlemania and, and we we're going to get a lot into dissecting wrestlemania some more um but like i said we got a lot of guests uh, hitting us up tonight, and uh, you know what better way to get like an impression of, of WrestleMania, uh, but from someone in the business, and as well as being in the business and giving us an impression of, you know, WWE stuff. Got a, a big show coming up this weekend, uh, Pro Wrestling Magic, their debut show coming up Saturday. So without further ado, we have Steve off on the line. Uh, talk to him for a little bit. Steve, how you doing this evening? Gentlemen, great to be back. Good. How are you guys doing? Doing all right. Let's let's get right into it. I mean, in a in a couple minutes, I, I definitely want to delve into pro wrestling is magic, but uh, pro wrestling magic. Um, but I, I do, as someone in the business, and uh, I know you know it's funny. I mean, people throw around mark. I mean, we're all kind of marks in our own way. I know you're sure. in the business, but you're you're a fan as as well. Your thoughts mm-hmm. on on what the WWE gave us last weekend uh, and WrestleMania, top to bottom. Your thoughts on the show. Well, while I will say that New Japan is still my favorite company to watch, uh, WWE did put on a great show. And I was shocked. Not that I didn't think it was going to be good, but I didn't think I was going to say, oh, wow, that was one of the best WrestleManias I've seen. You know, and I did say that to myself. And honestly, top to bottom, I don't think it was a bad match. I'm sure you guys hit on that a little bit. Sorry, I just got in from the gym. I would have listened, but, you know, just got to hit them weights. I mean, I thought the Battle Royal was kind of predictable, like, uh, but in a sense, that makes it not predictable. You never expect them to go with the obvious guy. 
And I think Big Show was obvious. I think it was, you know, I mean, there's no one else, obviously, they want to push out of that match. So then I guess they made the good call for them. Uh, the tag match was phenomenal, I thought. Um, you know, and not that I thought it wouldn't be, but I definitely think they delivered. I think, uh, you know, now the kickoff show is quickly becoming a can't-miss kind of thing, which ever since I've watched wrestling has been lacking, at least in the WWE. And now, you know, I personally I'll be... When my schedule allows, checking out every kickoff that I can before a pay-per-view. You know, as far as the main card, uh, the Divas match delivered, which I don't think shocked anybody with, uh, you know, AJ and uh, Paige in there. Let's see, what else was there? Undertaker and Bray Wyatt, like you guys said, good, not great, but I mean, at 50 years old, I, I think he definitely, the Undertaker has, you know, done better than anybody else would at that age. Yeah, I'm not trying to say, you know, it was good for his age, but, you know, come on, the guy's 50. He's taken a beating over the years, and for him to even be able to pull out a good match is phenomenal. You know, I think the um, Intercontinental Ladder match was great. That was everything it needed to be. I think the right guy won. They're going to bring prestige back to that title. Uh, surprisingly, I enjoyed the U.S. title match with Cena and Rusev. I'm not really a big fan of that, like, just big brawling heavyweight style, but... I think they did it really well. And again, I think the right guy won. Hopefully they'll get a better looking belt in that ugly thing. But I digress. <laughs> I think the best was by far the main event. Not so much for match quality. I mean, it was what it needed to be. Just two guys beating the crap out of each other. Because, you know, that was not going to be a technical wrestling masterpiece. And uh, I think the the right guy won that too. Rollins cashing in. I mean, I kind of saw it coming. Because Reigns, I think, is at least a couple months away from really being able to benefit the most from winning the championship. And Brock, it was time for him to lose it, so what else were they going to do? Boom, let's go to the guy who's ready to take the ball. So I think it could not have been booked better. I would have maybe booked Sting and Triple H a little different, had Sting win if he's going to wrestle next year against Undertaker, which is rumored, but um, that's been rumored for years, so who knows. But... uh, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed that match. I felt like a kid again. I, I was like, yeah, it's 15 years too late, but DX versus the NWO kicks ass no matter what. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious your thoughts, you know, as, as a, again, a fan and uh, someone in the business, you know. Um, one of the things, I listening to, to Jim Ross's podcast uh, mm-hmm. uh, a few weeks back, and he was saying that, you know, the, the climate in pro wrestling, that, uh, you know, the, the PG rating and, and the lack of blood, has, has almost produced a more dangerous environment for the wrestlers in a sense that to create drama now, um, you have to do these crazy spots and do these crazy-ass stunts where uh, back in the day you could create a similar drama with just a couple drops of blood. And what, mm-hmm. what I found intriguing was in the main event, um, I mean, our section, look, it was great, and I, I, and I agree with you. I think the right guy won the title. However, mm-hmm. the little bit of blood on Lesnar gave you that sense that maybe Reigns could pull this out. It was a moment where, you know, it, it was like Rocky IV. It was like when, when yeah. Drago got opened up. It was like, he's not a machine! He's just a man! And it was just... Mm-hmm. and it, 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 He wasn't bleeding like a stuck pig. You know, it was just a little bit. Um, do you think, like, that just what what that can add as far as drama goes in, in matches? And, and, I, and I don't think we need to go... Uh, back to an era where, like, there's buckets, you know, in every match. No. Uh, you know, I don't need to see Abdullah the Butcher-type matches, like, week in and week out. 
but when it's right, when it works, when, you know, and I thought that with Lesnar, it was the complete and total right moment. Uh, do, do you see, like, that, that, you know, maybe we should go back to at least using it sporadically? Absolutely. I think we need to mix the two, though. I mean, the, the big moves and the big spots, that's cool. Everything's got to progress. I get that. When it gets to the point that a friggin' super kick doesn't even get a near fall in some matches and some promotions, that's a bit much to me. Maybe I'm a little too old school for my own good. You know, same thing with the diamond cutter. It's When moves like that are getting to the point where they're overused, they're being used for drama, something's got to change, in my opinion. I mean, I, I like all the... There's some of the high-impact stuff, it's needed because, like I said, you got to progress. But, I mean, blood adds drama. I mean, yeah, everybody knows it's, you know, it's sports entertainment. But when you see blood, you have that momentary, like, you know, you, you lose yourself in the moment. You suspend your disbelief a little bit more because that's real blood coming out of that man's face. So, you know, you kind of suspend your disbelief a little more than you would with a cool move. I think you need both. And I definitely think that Jim Ross is right about that, that we have to do more now to get the same reaction because, you know, blood is taboo because it's PG. And I'm not against PG. Like, my company is going to be PG for the most part. But, you know, wrestling is a contact sport. And even in, you know, basketball, football, hockey, you see blood here and there. So for wrestling not to have that, I think, is a mistake. But I digress. I think they used it very well in the WrestleMania match with Lesnar and Reigns. And Reigns was cut up a little bit, too. I think his lip was bleeding or something like that. So, I think Blood made that match a little bit more memorable. That's cool. So, and one, I, one thing i got to ask, and then I want to get into pro wrestling magic. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as being a, a fan and a wrestler, um, I'm curious your impressions. Uh, Chris Jericho just came out and, and you know, really ripped into uh, certain fans um, from WrestleMania weekend. Um the, the respect factor uh, with, with yeah. pro wrestling fans, uh, some of the chants that were occurring at Monday Night Raw, um, you know, again, like, you're unique. You're coming at it from both sides of it. You are a pro wrestler. You are a fan. Um, mm-hmm. Your thoughts on some of the chants, and, and, you know, some fans are going to sit there and say, I pay my money, I can say whatever the hell I want, but... I mean, to me, there's got to be a respect factor, uh, at least a little bit. Uh, your thoughts on some of the chanting that went on at WrestleMania weekend? If we're talking about the uh, borderline sexual harassment chanting at Raw towards the women, uh, those people should have been booted out because, I mean, yes, yes, there's freedom of speech, and you could say whatever you want, you could cheer and boo whoever you want, but when it borderlines on, on sexual harassment, like I just said, those poor women, what they had to hear in that ring, and I'm sure they probably just laughed it off, but that's not the point it's there's a there's a limit and you know people saying what at Hall of Fame was disgusting and you know you work your whole career to get that moment and you know I'm not sure if anybody even let it bother them but the fact that it even happens makes me physically feel ill and fans need to learn respect and when they chant boring or you effed up or things like that luckily in 12 years I've never gotten either of those chants yet <laughs> I'm sure one day I will it happens but uh, I can't imagine what that's like. And, you know, yes, that is a little bit different. They have the right to say that and whatever. But, you know, I think fans just need to learn a little bit of respect. And not all of them, most of them are cool. But I've met a few over the years that just like, dude, you're not in the business. You're not trying to get in the business. Why are you acting like you're somebody? You know, why are you acting like you're the judge? Like, yeah, you pay your hard-earned money and you can speak your mind, but there's a limit. 
Agreed. And good point. And as I keep saying, you know, you're, you're unique, uh, you're a fan, you're a wrestler. Now, like, all the hats. You're a fan, you're a wrestler, yeah. you're a promoter. Um, mm-hmm. and exciting. It's you know, it's funny because it just seemed like so in the abstract. We we when you first came on and talked about it, uh, and basically now now it's here. Uh, tell tell everybody again. Let's promote the hell out of this. Uh, what we got? What we have to look forward to uh, this weekend as the, the debut of Pro Wrestling Magic. Well, obviously we're looking to prove to people that wrestling is magic, for the lack of a better word, and. I know that's redundant with the name of the company, but that's what we're out to prove to people, that you know wrestling can be a magical thing. You can have women, you can have tag teams, you can have men's singles wrestlers, you can have all these different you know, personalities. Throw them all in a pot, mix it up, throw a little barbecue sauce on it, since we were talking about JR before, and boom, have something awesome, magic. And uh, we did have to turn a negative into a positive this week, unfortunately. Um, Robbie E. was called off for some reason by TNA to do something in Mexico. I, I don't know if it was an indie date or if TNA has a tour going on down there. I didn't really look into it. I just took him at his word. So we had to pull him off the show for that reason. However, we replaced him not with one, but with two former WWE and ECW superstars. And that would be the former e- and last ever ECW tag team champion, Danny Doring and the former ECW Tag Team Champion and WWE Cruiserweight Champion, Nunzio. That's awesome, man. That's, uh, yeah. You know, tremendous that, like, you know, again, you know, you take something, it's like, oh, we lost Robbie E, and then turning that uh, negative into a positive. And, uh, you know, give us, like, you know, when you talked about pro wrestling, it's magic, and I agree with you that Mm -hmm. when it's done right, it is kind of a a magical... um, Kind of, kind of entertainment. I mean, it's it's, it's the most unique form of entertainment that that exists. Um, tell us, tell us what we can look forward to coming to see uh, th- this show on Saturday night. Well, this past Friday, I was part of a show with D2W, and from what I understand, there were some other officials from the uh, board of investors there from Pro Wrestling Magic. And right after Steven Sterling of Glitz and Glamour won the international championship. And Jared Foster got to the back after retaining his heavyweight championship. They immediately came to, I don't know which one it was, but one of the investors from Pro Wrestling Magic and said, we want Nunzio and Doring in the first round of the Don Casamento Memorial Tag Team Cup. Because unfortunately, one of the Redneck tag team, Jim, uh, George O'Reilly, suffered a minor injury. He'll be out for a month or two and won't be able to make this event. However, he will be working for us in the future. Glitz and Glamour caught wave of that, and they immediately said, we want Nunzio enduring, we want to show why we have the belts in B2W, and we want to show why when Pro Wrestling Magic has belts, we're going to have all of them. So that was just added this past Friday. I wanted to wait till we got on the show here to announce it. That's awesome. I mean, it, it just, it, so, it's so exciting. Again, like I said, uh, you know, the intro, you know, it, mm-hmm. it just seemed like it, was, it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about... Uh, it, it being so much in, in the abstract, um, and, and now it's it's finally here. So uh, um, I'm assuming at this point there are still some tickets available. Uh, give us some of the, yeah. the information as far as grabbing tickets to get out there and see the show. Well, you can get tickets now at WrestlingIsMagic.com for only $10, or you can pay $12 at the door. We will have a credit card reader if you don't have cash. Uh, try to bring cash. That's always better, but, you know, we will have a credit card reader, so either way works. 
cash, check. Well, I actually don't accept checks, but cash, credit, you know, debit, whatever. Come check out the show. Come enjoy it. You know, like I said, we have Nunzio and Doring versus Glitz and Glamour. We have myself and Who's Traplash, that's a Nunzio student and a Lance Storm student, teaming up for the first time ever against Johnny Malenga's Mean Streak. And those two tag matches are the first round of a tournament to be held over two shows. First round being on this one, and then the finals being May 16th at Cliffside Park Number 6 School. That shows a benefit for a guidance counselor of mine from the past, Don Casamento, who passed away. And, you know, he was a big wrestling fan, so we said, you know what, we're going to do something for him, and we're going to name our first tournament cup after him. So the finals will be held on that show. We got Jersey Devil, who just lost the E2W international title and is not in a good mood against former WCW star Crowbar. We have women's action between Deanna Perrazzo, as seen on WWE and TNA, and Ashley America, the young upstart from the Monster Factory. We've got... Juan Francisco de Coronado against Dave Davis in what Juan Francisco is calling his $5,000 challenge, which means if Dave can beat him, he gets five grand. If not, Juan keeps it. And then our main event, the ECWA heavyweight title, Matt Saigon, the new champion, defends against former champion Ricky Martinez and Matt Sells of the Ring of Honor Dojo. We've also got Jimmy Noonan from such awesome movies and TV shows as Super Troopers and Gotham. Also the former WWE head of security, he will be in the house. He is the representative for the board of investors and he will be naming a president of the company and just addressing you know, what we can expect a little bit more than I've indulged into for Pro Wrestling Magic. All sounds awesome. Again, we wish you the best of luck. I'm looking forward to it this weekend. Again, Pro Wrestling Magic presents Alchemy this weekend, Saturday, uh, 7.15 p.m., the Bogota VFW 241 West Shore Avenue, uh, Bogota, New Jersey, 07603. Correct? That's correct. That is correct. Facebook, Pro Wrestling Magic. Like us on Facebook at that address. Follow on Twitter at Wrestling Magic and WrestlingIsMagic.com. Check them all out. Great stuff. Thank you again, Steve. Thanks for uh, your insight, and and good luck this weekend. Looking forward to it, and we'll talk to you real soon. Cool. Thanks, man. Take care. Take it easy, bud. All right. Bye. Good stuff, Dave. I'm looking forward to seeing um, what pro wrestling magic is going to bring to the table. And, uh, you know, interesting. I mean, his take on the respect factor and and the chants and everything. uh, You know, it was was weird because being at Raw, those chants were a lot to take. Um, there, you know, it's, I get, you, you think you're being funny, um, but are you, did you spend your hard-earned money to go watch a wrestling show, or did you spend your hard, hard-earned money to, I don't know, try to be the center of attention? It was, it's just, uh, I don't know, I mean, the fun ones are fun, but I, I thought it got a little bit out of hand. If, you, if I was a father, and I wasn't a wrestling fan, and, I, and my kid was, and, you know, I wanted to take him to, to a Monday Night Raw, and, uh, you know, that those chants were going on. Uh, I, I would just have been absolutely outraged, and my poor son would probably never get to go to another wrestling show again. So it just it, it's tough. And, again, you know, chant, have fun, but be respectful. And I think Steve uh, hit the nail on the head with that. Oh, absolutely. And for some of our listeners out there who aren't really familiar with, you know, what we're discussing – 
usually every year at WrestleMania because of the, the, the size of the event and, uh, you know, how far it reaches, you know, fans of the WWE, you get fans from all over the, all over the world. Um, and, you know, I've been to a few WrestleManias myself, and you meet all different kinds of people, and a lot of fans come from overseas in Europe. And I will go on record as saying this is in no way, shape, or form in any way me personally bashing or contending to disrespect the culture where you, of, of where you guys come from. But at times, you guys have things that you say that are just out of line and inappropriate. And for someone like me, who just wants to enjoy the show, sometimes the chants just become a little too much. They come very, So, for instance, you know, a few years ago, you know, Ken, you and I, we sat at, um, you know, Monday Night Raw the night after WrestleMania 29. It was in East Rutherford, New Jersey, at the old IZOD there now, which I guess the place just got torn down recently. Anyhow, um, the chants just were, like, way out of control. That's how the whole Fandango phase started. And then there was a chant for everything. Everyone got a chant. Even people were chanting for Michael Cole. I mean, some of the stuff was funny, but some of the stuff got out of hand. And then the WWE decides, well, we're going to give a Slammy Award to the fans in East Rutherford, New Jersey, for the night after WrestleMania 29. And I think as the past couple of years have progressed, the night after WrestleMania has become, you know, something that most of the fans who attend WrestleMania look forward to more than WrestleMania itself because they're going to be in a smaller venue and they're going to chant and the chants are going to be louder than ever than they were the night before in a stadium that beats 70,000 people. So they probably feel it's okay to say and do whatever they want because WWE has acknowledged and even take time out of their, you know, out of their broadcast to acknowledge how crazy the fans are. For instance, Monday night in the main event, the fans were chanting something during the main event. I don't know exactly what it was, but Rollins was kind of feeding off of it a little bit. And then at one point, everybody just started doing the wave. And the camera stopped in the middle of the match to show the fans do the wave maybe about three or four rounds of it, okay? That's them acknowledging that the audience is pretty crazy, which in turn makes that audience and makes that certain fan base, who is the overwhelming majority that weekend for WrestleMania, it makes that fan base feel like, well, it's okay for us to say and do whatever we want. And I think it's wrong. I mean, I watched the Hall of Fame. I didn't notice any crazy chants or any kind of crazy cat calls or any disrespecting towards some of the presenters and the speakers. But, you know, the, the chance on Monday Night Raw, I was like, holy cow. Like, the Seamus one was kind of funny, the You Look Stupid chant. But then when it just got to, like, the stuff with the girls and, like, it, was, it just became too obvious. It's like they want to try so hard to be a part of the show. It just gets annoying for someone like me as a viewer who just wants to enjoy it and watch the show. I just felt, like, annoyed by it when I watched it Monday night. It does, and it does get distracting. And interestingly enough, like, as you look at, you know, the females took the brunt of the inappropriate uh, chance, you know, uh, our own producer, Michelle, uh, female wrestler Another now. Another female? Well, she's got to prepare herself now. Like, you never know what chance. If she happens to be wrestling, if the IWF happens to have a large uh, European contingent, you never know what the chance might be, but... uh. Michelle is getting set to make her uh, wrestling debut, uh, and she was at WrestleMania weekend, and she's going to join us for a little bit. So, uh, Michelle, how are you this evening? I'm good, Ken. How are you, Dave? Shout out to my little, my big little brother. There you go. And I'm, and if it's Dave, if you hadn't so- noticed, I'm carrying the tradition along of the Dave Rosenbluth Atlanta WrestleMania uh, loss of voice. 
and it's been about two weeks now, and it still hasn't come back. <laughs> and I was not chanting at the uh, the female wrestlers. <laughs> you know, it's but so I will. funny that you mentioned. Obviously, I didn't go to WrestleMania to lose my voice this year, but I didn't even think of that. Like, every year it's a tradition that I've lost my voice by the end of the weekend, and I didn't even think of that. Now that you just brought that up, and that's just so cool, and, and, and uh, you know, I feel honored that you're carrying that tradition. We should make a trophy. <laughs> I was paying homage to carry you. Around. It'd be like yeah, a, the exactly. trophy would be like a gold, like larynx, like it'd just be a gold, like voice box, like. Oh, but anyway, as we digress, uh, Michelle, you know, you you got to see some like I mean, and the cool thing is like as you're a student, like you go to WrestleMania, you get to see uh, you know, how audiences react to certain things, how how divas slash female wrestlers, uh, and at the same time you're going to to wrestling school, so it's uh. You know, it's funny. We had Steve off, the the wrestling veteran, been around the business for a while, now promoting, and now we have you on the the show, uh, kind of starting your wrestling career. Uh, uh, give us like a little impression of uh, what it's been like uh, getting in the ring and, and taking lessons for IWF, and uh, you know, maybe lessons learned going to uh, a show like WrestleMania. Well, the first day I got there back in January, it's only been a few months. I was scared. I went, and it was uh, actually a free trial, but Ken had, for my birthday, got me a few lessons just to see how it is and just to kind of experience it. And I went there, I thought to myself, am I really doing this? How am I actually going to get in there and throw my body around and act like it's okay? So when I got there, you know, and there's these kids there, and, you know, all ages around, and got in the ring, we had to do some simple, say, rolls and, and a couple of takedowns, and I just kind of said to myself, you have to do this. You're not going to look like a fool and be like, I'm scared, I can't do this. And then I was just hoping that I could do it physically, and I could, and I just kept going, and then it was like such an adrenaline rush, and now I kind of get it why people get addicted to it. Yeah, there are things I do that I'm also still scared of, but when you do it and you accomplish it, it just feels good, and I've learned so many things, and you know, I have the privilege of learning under Kevin Knight, who's great. Uh, we, he teaches most of the classes I've been to and he's got a couple of his other guys that that do some training so we get exposed to a lot and we work with everybody in the school so there are a few women female wrestlers that I guess they also call divas so we have to just go with that I have to kind of bite my tongue and realize you know that's that's how it is I I guess they don't call us female wrestlers but the term diva is cool also Um, it's just I always think of a diva and I think of like Whitney Houston, that kind of diva, you know, like throwing a temper tantrum because they don't get their way. But in the world of wrestling, it's not really like that. Um, but we we work with everyone. We wrestle the guys in, in class, and, and I learn from each and every one of them. And we do have some other females, and my partner in crime, who will soon not be my partner, uh, Jess, she will be appearing also on May 2nd, which is our first, uh, our first match. It is the IWS Relay for Life Nutley fundraiser um, at the Nutley Rec Center in Nutley. Not, uh, and, and actually, I have to just laugh because of how Ken pronounced uh, Bogota, New Jersey, considering that he is such a New Yorker and I am so such a Jersey girl. I was looking at him mouthing Bogota, not Bogota. <laughs> yeah, you know how hard it is to figure out like pronunciation as you're you're wording it. Like yeah. you're like you're mouthing a pronunciation. That's just never going to work. I know, I know. But it was just funny. You should just see when you're actually in the studio, Dave. I know you've been here sometimes. It's a riot because just the facial expressions just you know set you off and whatnot. Oh yeah, I I I could I could tell 
stories, but I, I don't think I will delve into some of the Facebook presses I've seen, some of the shows I've been in the studio. So, so you're you're looking to make your debut uh, May second. It's a big show uh, for to to benefit the the Relay for Life. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, again, like it, it's interesting to get this this side of the business. I mean, what, what's like as as you're thinking that there could be? I mean, this show's a big show. It's a big show for IWF. You could have a, a pretty packed house. Um, what are your thoughts thinking? You know, about a month away. Uh, Stepping into the the ring and having your first uh, live wrestling match. Um, I just feel like I need to keep working at it, preparing. I I don't. I'll be honest. I know what I know. Well, I know what I know, and I want to be good at what I know. I'm not. I have no illusions of of uh, grandeur and think that you know. I know. I'm just scratching the surface. So as long as I can work as hard as I can and learn as much as I can and do that well. I'll be happy. I'm not going to go there trying to do these crazy things that I don't know how to do. But there's it's a lot of hard work. And I every time I go, I listen, I, I study people, I just watch and I learn, and then I do. And I may not always get it right the first time or the last time I do it, but every time I feel like I guess I get a little bit better. No, it's good. <laughs> At least I'm not getting worse. <laughs> So when you look at, like, you know, you've been to a lot of shows. I mean, you've been to WrestleManias, um, you know. So now you're learning, like, psychology. You're learning, you know, how to put together a match, how to how to book a match. You've been at WrestleMania 25 for The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Obviously, you know, then you weren't a wrestler. So now, you know, you go to this year's WrestleMania with the perspective of, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm learning the business. I'm learning how to be a wrestler. Uh, has it changed for you how you watch a match? It changed the, the first day. I think that night or whenever the first time I watched Monday Night Raw, the next night, it immediately changed. I could not watch it the same, and I probably will never watch it the same. You look at them, you see them doing things, and, and you actually say, wow, I, I did that or I can do that. And it just kind of gels it all together. I've been watching for a while, not as long as you guys, and I have been schooled on a lot of the old things, thanks to Ken and his DVD collection and now the network but I never watched it in this way. I watched it as a fan, and now you watch it, and you can, and you can see a lot of mistakes that I never saw before. And not, I, I wouldn't say it's ruined by any means, because I know some people might think that way that it's now wrestling, wrestling's ruined. But I just see so many different things, and I really enjoy the psychology of it and thinking about what you're doing. And it's really a lot. You don't have to just be an athlete. You have to be an actor, and you have to, you have to plan it out. You have to mentally be prepared. You're not just going out on a softball field, for example, and, and just playing and hitting the ball and running and trying to... Well, you do have to make decisions in, in those in sports, too, but you have to make decisions that I've never thought I'd have to make before. And you also have to think of your the other person. You have to think about what they're thinking, if they're thinking what you're thinking, and then, you know, you're only as good as the person you're with because if you, you don't take care of them and they don't take care of you, it's just could be a disaster. Could really be a disaster. Um, so you know, you're going to school with uh, Kevin Knight, uh, teaching you the ropes, learning the ropes, so to speak, uh, in the IWF uh, before. Uh, and why, why don't you just hang out for a little bit? Just hang out. You want to jump in on some conversations? But uh, before we kind of end this conversation, why don't we uh, just give everybody uh, May second, Nutley, New Jersey, and if they want to get tickets now, again, great cause. For the Relay for Life in Nutley, New Jersey. So not only are you going to get to see great wrestling, 
but the the proceeds are going to a great cause. So come on out, support uh, students trying to live the dream. Uh, Dreamer and, and Tito Santana on the card. So if our fans uh, out there listening want to get tickets to this event, how can they go about it? Uh, you can go to the IWF website, which is campiwf.com, and you can click. It'll say the Loud and Proud uh, fundraiser event. and Or you, you can tweet me at Michelle3D, or you can find me on Facebook, Michelle DG. Um, and you can go to the website. If, if you're local and you know us, you can get tickets through me. I can get physical tickets. Um, there's all a bunch of different price structures. There's, a, I guess, if you go as a group, you can get bleacher seats, $13 a ticket, six people or more, otherwise $15 a ticket. And then you've got your ringside and, and, uh, and whatnot for a little bit more. But check the website and let me know who's coming. And definitely, if, if you, you didn't get any of that, message the show, and, and we'll figure out a way to we'll get you the link. We'll, we'll get you in touch with the right people to get tickets. So exciting times as, as a, a member of the, the Ken Reedy Show family venturing into the ring. Cool stuff. And we've, we've reached that time, and it, it's interesting because, like, at this point, the, the original name of, of this segment uh, when we were doing the show two hours, and it actually is a two-hour show tonight, at the halfway mark, very excited to finally have this back in the fold, it is time, finally, for the Day 5 50-50 News Report. That's right. The illustrious return of the Day 5 50-50 News Report. The Day 5 50-50 News Report, however, was on the road last week, traveled over to the King Firehawk Show, but now it's finally come back home right here to the Ken Reedy Show at the top of the hour, the halfway point, the other half of that 50 right here on the Ken Reed Show. First story, the world of MMA and WWE had collided at WrestleMania 31 eight days ago when UFC women's bantamweight champion Ronda Rousey made a surprise appearance in an in-ring segment involving the authorities Triple H and Stephanie McMahon and a returning people's champion, The Rock. Mainstream media, mixed martial arts, pro wrestling and sports media alike have been buzzing over her appearance and the potential for a future slot on next year's WrestleMania 32 event. Rousey, who shares the same agent as The Rock, has publicly been in favor of stepping into the squared circle for some time now. Rousey's agent spoke to MMAfighting.com and stated the UFC knew of her WrestleMania 31 appearance months in advance and approved of her role on the show with the notion that it's a one-off appearance. Since the history-making moment, fantasy booking a Ronda Rousey WWE match at WrestleMania has caused quite a stir amongst UFC officials. Rumors out now suggest that WWE would love to have a Ronda Rousey-Stephanie McMahon singles match at WrestleMania 32, and not the rumored mixed tag match of The Rock and Ronda Rousey versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Or the singles match has been rumored with The Rock and Triple H with both women, in, both women in their respective corners. WWE knows it will be a tall path to get UFC officials to sign off on, a, on Rousey competing in a match at WrestleMania. But if it is likely to happen, then WWE hopes to go forward with the angle at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view in October from Los Angeles at the Staples Center in Los Angeles, California, where Ronda Rousey currently resides. Following his return to WrestleMania 31, PWInsider.com reports that The Undertaker was reportedly telling officials backstage that he felt great 
after his match with Bray Wyatt, and he is planning on working next year's WrestleMania event, where it's rumored that he will be retiring at that show. It should be noted that sources close to PW Insider say The Undertaker and Sting shared a dressing room at the event and discussed a potential match between the two at next year's WrestleMania. As of now, let's just take this as a rumor as we all know plans can change from now until next year's WrestleMania. I reported on my Day 5 News Report last week on the King Firehawk show that WWE Hall of Famer Stone Cold Steve Austin was scheduled to be in Santa Clara, California for WrestleMania 31, but did not show up. Austin revealed on his podcast on March 26th that he would be watching the show from his home in San Antonio, Texas. This news came as a surprise to WWE officials as they had plans for Austin on the WrestleMania 31 event. His role at the time, and still to this day, is unknown. Sources say this infuriated Chairman Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and now we can explain why this falling out occurred. It's being reported that McMahon was not pleased with a few of the questions Austin had asked Triple H in his previous WWE Network special. Both sides obviously disagreed with one another on the matter, leading to Austin opting not to appear at WrestleMania. Some say this could be the reason why Chris Jericho's podcast is airing tonight on the WWE Network instead of Austin. And a little bit of breaking news for you that I just found out. Stone Cold Steve Austin has publicly said that he will talk about his WWE situation, the rumors surrounding his WWE whereabouts, on tomorrow's Steve Austin show on PodcastOne.com. So I'm sure that is something that you guys out there would want to listen to and find out exactly why. Steve Austin didn't appear at WrestleMania. Our fourth story. This is an interesting one here that kind of disturbing, but something that I felt was very newsworthy and also surrounding uh, WrestleMania. Former WCW and WWE star Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner was banned from entering the SAP Center in San, San Jose, California, the site of last weekend's 2015 WWE Hall of Fame induction ceremony. A photo of Steiner was posted in the security office of the arena, which then made the rounds on social media. The Wrestling Observer now states that the ban was caused by an incident between Steiner and Hulk Hogan's wife, Jennifer, at the San Jose airport a few days prior. Steiner allegedly spotted Hogan's wife in the baggage claim area and warned her that if he sees her husband, that problems would occur. She was stunned as she had no clue who Steiner was and was seen to be shaken up by the incident. This then prompted Hulk Hogan to suggest to WWE officials of banning Steiner from entering the arena. Sources say Steiner's actions may be stemming from a lawsuit he's filed against TNA, who at that time was run by Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan. And our final story this week. Coming out of WrestleMania 31 weekend, it's being reported that former WCW and IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Big Van Vader, who was in attendance for all of the WWE festivities in Santa Clara, is being looked at as a possible coach down at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. It's also being reported that WWE officials are looking into Gold Dust as one of the trainers for the upcoming season of Tough Enough, which is set to begin production in June. And there you have it, folks. That was the return of the Date 5 News Report. Only heard here on the Ken Reedy Show at the top of the hour, which, by the way, is being presented to you by 1640 
Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio Network, where you can also hear the King Firehawk Show and the Top Rope Report, and many more wrestling podcasts to come on this revolutionary, groundbreaking Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Ken, back to you. Wow, 1640 sounds awesome. I got a question for you, though. Is it nine ninety nine a month? No, it's absolutely free. That's great. It's $9.99. So you got your own network, our own network. $9.99. And I get you know, and, and the thing is, I, I, it's interesting as as we uh, as we plug in, we move forward, and, and uh, it's exciting because we want this to to really expand, and uh, we got some shows lined up on the sixteen forty as we make this. Uh, Really, just uh, we're gonna make this. We're gonna make this the the, the best website you possibly could want to visit uh, if you're a pro wrestling fan. And uh, to discuss uh, as we as we go forward and and how we're gonna move forward and all the stuff with 1640 and also reminisce of the few weeks that were. We have the one and only King Firehawk who is on the line. Firehawk, how you doing this evening? Well, now I'm a little sad because I I, I want to charge nine ninety nine. <laughs> Definitely. I was like, ooh, free doesn't sound so good anymore. Nine ninety nine sounds just right. But uh doing good, man. I'm pumped to hear Ken and Dave back together again. I uh I like listening to uh, Michelle's stories there about her upcoming uh wrestling career. It's pretty cool, man, enjoying the show as always and uh phone in since they can talk a little bit about sixteen forty. Have some other big announcements around that, so I, I wanted to call and share the news with you, with our uh, wrestling world. Yes, as we go, so so give us a little bit. I mean, you you kind of contacted me. I mean, the whole thing, you know, you and Dave are working together. I was on location. Um, you guys did a lot of stuff, and uh, seems like you know you, you you never know how things are going to unfold. But now it looks like uh, we're we're moving into a a, a new project. Um, so. Your vision as far as what you want to see out of 1640. Sure. Well, first off, I got to give Dave a lot of credit because he awoken in me the love of pro wrestling again where I think you're always a fan. Like, you're never not. And then you just become like um, Groundhog Day. You just keep going through the motions of being a fan in a way. But I had a blast with Dave doing those shows, especially – pumping them out like we did and all that. It really woke up my juices again. So, Dave, I can't thank you enough for that, brother. I had a good time with you, man. And uh, when we would end these shows together, Dave and I, my mind would go on for hours, the things that we didn't talk about. And then, as you know, working with Dave, you could do seven hours on a show. And it's, like, amazing how fast the time flies when you're having a good conversation. So, Dave, man, I give you much respect, my man. Yeah, Pat, thank you very much. It is a pleasure being a part of, of you know, your show and collaborating for WrestleMania weekend. If I couldn't go to WrestleMania, I had to cover it. I had to be a part of it somehow. And, and letting you be, letting, with you letting me be a part of your platform, I thought it was, you know, cool as shit. And I look forward to the many more collaborations with this show and with your show and with this whole 1640 network. I just thought it was awesome. So, you you thank me, but I, I can't thank you enough. You you made you made my week last week during WrestleMania. It was pretty cool. Same here, my man. And so so Ken, to give a brief history, you and I were both lucky to sort of land in the, people that don't understand radio, I'm not gonna break it all down for you. But we, we landed a spot on a small AM station, sixteen forty out of North New Jersey, that you had a 
Well, I would think if you were in the station, you could hear us. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to hear us would be do our podcast that we would record from that show. Otherwise, you were doing a show for yourself. And half the day was in Spanish. So we really, we were really as bottom as bottom can be as trying to put our shows out there and do something. So out of that, basically, you know, the little, the effort we put into that kind of, you know, something grew out of those seeds for all of us, I thought. And it was pretty good. So, you know, it kept us going here and there. And for a long time, you and I talked briefly here and there about trying to make something happen. And there was a cost to all that and everything. But I finally figured out a way where we can do what I call sort of like the all-star network. And that's what this is. So basically, those of you listening, the best thing we do is to go on the Facebook and like the fan page, 1640 PWPR, Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio. And, uh, of course, 1640 ahead of that. So basically, here's what we're going to do. Those of you who are fans of the Ken Reedy show, you never have to change the way you listen at all. Keep doing what you're doing. This is on blogtalkradio.com. I, if you can't get a live show with Ken, do what I do. Download it off of iTunes like I do. And you, you'll never miss a beat. However, like this show you're doing tonight, guys, as soon as that is up on the podcast world, so to say, up on iTunes, it's now going to go on to 1640 PWPR, as well as where it already is, along with my show, along with the Top Rope Report. And we're going to build with some more shows. And eventually, it's one-stop shopping, where if you go on to our Facebook page, lots of different shows to choose from, get to know different guys. And you're going to see, we're all going to cross docs and be on each other's shows and doing kind of specials, a little different than what we normally do. So we're building, we're building a brand is the best way to explain it out there. And the good news is, when you were a kid and you were watching Saturday morning wrestling and the show would be on for about an hour or two hours, depending on what you're watching, inside that show, you would have the body shop or Piper's Pit or the flower shop, something like that. Well, the big announcement is, any of you listening out there that are wrestling fans, I don't think you have time we need to do a full podcast, which is like a 45-minute to two-hour show. But you think you have five minutes in you. Well, we're going to be launching what I call Piper's Pit type stuff. And we already have some people, Larry McGrandy, pro wrestler from Broaders, uh, PCW Wrestling, going to be wrestling. The two other guys, a good friend of ours, Brian Edwards, he's going to be doing their little sort of Piper's Pit. We're going to have five minutes. Segments are going to pop up over the network. They basically saying we're just, they're going to build around all us. You know, you have uh, going in with your little, you know, wrestling uh, feelings and stuff. And your listening audience can do the same if they want. We're looking for talent. We're looking to build. So, long story short, like us on Facebook, and we'll start with theirs. On that Facebook page, those are ways to listen to shows in different platforms. So, you're going to help expand Ken Show and everything else in between. Well, just, I mean, the whole concept just sounds incredible, and the whole idea of, like, you know, it, it's it's like a radio station for uh, the new millennia, the new, uh, you know, 21st century. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, rather, and, and what's cool, what I like about it is, you know, we have a, a group of people now that it's, uh, you know, we're kind of checking our egos, and uh, we're all kind of working together to, to get this, and uh, 
Hopefully, you know, some some of you all that are listening to this show will jump on board and listen to King Firehawk. And some of the guys that maybe are just listening to Firehawk will, will listen to us. And then we'll get some, uh, you know, uh, the top rope report. And those guys will come listen to our shows. And our guys will listen to their shows. There's be a lot of uh, cross-pollination. And if you want to, you know, what's cool about it is when you got a website like that, you know, you come out of a Monday Night Raw and maybe, uh, you know, Firehawk loved it and I thought it was terrible. So you go, you can get, like, everyone's take on it and get a, a sense of different opinions on there. So uh, um, it just sounds like it's a, it's a new and exciting thing as we, as we look to unfold this thing over the next few months. But uh, uh, great job, uh, Pat, coming up with the idea and looking forward to, to this, uh, really just rolling it out. Yeah, you know, you know what the other thing I discovered was not everyone has Apple iTunes or not everyone has Blog Talk or TalkShoe.com or many other platforms. And, you know, some people out there, they like what they like, and I get that. People are comfortable. They listen to stuff. So, you know, the Ken Reedy Show, being on blogtalkradio.com and iTunes, now you're going to be on TuneIn Radio. Now you're going to be on the speaker, speaker.com. Now you're going to be on talkshow.com. Different platforms on Apple and uh, various other things. TuneIn Radio. So now the show is just going to expand tenfold. This time, because of the ways you can listen, and then we can see a lot of people when you go to the website, listen to these shows, which platform which is, is the most helpful. Where should we put in the capturing uh, our efforts to put the show? You know, what platform do you want to listen on? And once we accomplish that, like I said, you know, we're just going to keep growing and grow. But the big part is, you know, we're looking for rookies. We're looking for talent. And, uh, you know, Michelle was on the show, and it was fascinating listening to her talk about May 2nd. Maybe she should be doing a little blog about, you know, her life and some of the pro wrestling. That would be perfect on this network. Things like that. You know, there's so many things we can do. And, um, you know, when the podcasts all come together, like I said, one-stop shopping, and you get a lot of content, a lot of opinions, and, you know, a lot of ways to get back and interact with us. So I think that's the big, big, cool thing. Really exciting stuff, and, and King Firehawk, thanks a lot for giving us a buzz and talking about uh, 1640. Looking forward to having you on many, many more times as we get this going and uh, new and exciting creative projects going forward. Uh, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Have a good night, guys. See you soon. Thanks. I had a blast last week, and uh, everybody support the King Re- uh, Ken Reedy show. I called you King Reedy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you Take it easy, brother. Hey, Dave. Thanks, Pat. It's exciting, Dave. I mean, I'm just really looking forward to that whole uh, the whole concept of just uh, you know having different shows because uh, you know I, I mean you do have a lot of wrestling fans. You know, obviously you think your your opinion is right because uh, it's your opinion. Um, but to, to be able to go somewhere, you know, and just access different opinions, um, you know, if you're a real wrestling fan, you know, everyone looks at at, at wrestling differently. You know, if you're a you know, if you're a weightlifter, you may you watch a John Cena match and then you look at it from a completely different perspective than maybe someone who who is an actor, or if you happen to be a guy who is, uh, you know, six five, three hundred pounds, you look at wrestling differently from a guy who might be five three, one hundred fifty pounds. You know, so uh, to to kind of look at bringing in more talent, uh, bringing in uh, more opinions, more shows, and then like kind of cross pollinating where we're going to cross over and do shows with each other. Uh, it just sounds like a real exciting 
uh, creative venture that uh, kind of spawned out of what we did uh, for WrestleMania weekend. You know what's great about this too? Not only just you know everything that you've mentioned, but the the variety in it. You know, just let's just take our you know the three shows for instance that we mentioned: our show, the Ken Reedy show, the King Firehawk show, and the Top Rope Report. You know, I've, I've been on the Top Rope Report. You guys have as well, um, and I've, I've listened to some of the, their shows, and they they kind of have a independent wrestling perspective. They they you know they give you the indie scene. A little bit. They do cover the stuff that's going on on TV, whether it be TNA or WWE or things of that nature. You know, King Firehawk. This is you know this is why I love about him. He's got the historical retrospective of of podcasts. You know, he's been him and I've been talking about wanting to do you know story you know uh, podcasts about feuds and storylines and histories of events and things like that. You know, I've got an encyclopedia in my head that hasn't been used in a while when it comes to wrestling knowledge. So going on his show and you can hear the history of the wrestling business through him and our stuff here. We give you kind of a little bit of everything, but there's plenty of other shows out there. That, there might be a podcast that would be strictly just talking about Ring of Honor, or there might be a podcast that would be strictly just talking about TNA or an independent wrestling company out in Austin, Texas. You know what I mean? Like we we could we could have that reach eventually. Like you said, that one stop shopping for for um, you know wrestling podcasts. I think so far we have a little bit of that with the three shows that I've mentioned. And I think that's that's the coolest part of it all. Yeah, very exciting. And it, it's an exciting show tonight, getting like, back together and, and uh, you know, coming on over the WrestleMania excitement and looking forward to a, a more creative venture. Let's go out to the phones. You guys feel I've been very, very patient. And I'm a little out of practice. I, I have numbers memorized, but I, I got a 203 number. Call already there. Who is this? Caller? 203. This is Anthony, Mr. Trivia. Someone? They disappeared like The Undertaker. Bueller? Oh, God. Disappearing <laughs> Undertaker. All right, I'm going to let you go, 203. You've been on hold for a while. I thought. You sure you're not going once? Going twice? All right, give us a call back. 203. And at this point in time, on the line, Uh-oh. you know him. You may or may not love him. <laughs> yeah. About to, you're about to enter a zone of sight and sound and some mind. This you're about to break? enter the Ferrara zone. Mikey, how you doing this evening? All right, guys. How you doing? How's everything? Doing great. Glad to, to hear from you and talk to you. It's been it's been a little bit, obviously. Uh, you know, you're. I mean, we talked a lot about mania and everything, and uh, you know, your impressions of uh, what the WWE has given us. Actually. <laughs> Well, I gotta tell you, I was listening to King Firehawk and Pat, and I, I tell you, he's a nice guy. I was happy I was able to call in a couple of his shows, and uh, and I, and of course talk to Dave. But I, I liked the show that he was doing about the Hall of Fame, and uh, I, I called him on that to talk about the Hall of Fame. Um, I gotta tell you, that Hall of Fame ceremony to me, I mean, you were there. The only thing I could tell you, man, is those hedges. <laughs> That's all I could tell you is hedges. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and Larry Zabisco was pulling on his tux. I mean, I don't know what was going on with Zabisco. But um, that's that's my thing. My thing of the whole the whole take, my favorite part of the whole ceremony was watching Connor's dad and Connor and, and the, you know, Diana and all that stuff. So 
I gotta say that was my favorite induction. Uh, other than that, I love Rikishi's as well. So he was good. You know, I enjoyed, it. and it's funny. I guess it just it, it maybe didn't translate as well on TV. I didn't mind Zabisco. I thought like the tugging of the tux was probably he was just really nervous. Um, as much as he kind of he, he kind of said the same things at times. I thought it was a really cool story. I mean, I'm just like sitting there picturing. You know, a young Zabisco, like, just driving back and forth, peering through the hedges until he happens to see Bruno mm-hmm. uh, hanging out in the backyard. I mean, what right. a, an interesting story. And, again, for me, I was a little, I guess, biased and, and enamored by the speech because my dad is not a pro wrestling fan, but Larry Zabisco was the first and maybe the only wrestler he ever, like, brought up to me. Like, when I was becoming a fan, he was like, oh, there was this crazy guy. His name was Zabisco. And Bruno taught him, but then he decided he was going to go against Bruno, and, and mm-hmm. he went after him with a chair. And it's like my dad was like getting excited talking about Zabisco, and so I, I enjoyed his speech, but it, uh, it it was a long ceremony though overall. It was, it was tough to, yeah. I, it, was, it was just it was it was long, and like you said, uh, incredible job by the WWE and what they did with uh, Dana Warrior and Connor and everything there, yeah. but. It, it was emotionally exhausting. I mean, I was I, I was fighting, and, you know, I'm a man's man. I'm a man. I don't cry. Like, and I was, I was, I mean, it was funny. Like, half of, like, you saw, like, all these pseudo-tough guys in the Hall of Fame. Like, literally, like, you walked, you looked across the crowd, and all these guys, like, literally fighting back tears. It was, it was really difficult. So, it was, it was a draining night, to say the least. Right. And, and you know, which leads me to my next point. I agree a hundred and a thousand percent with Chris Jericho. You know, I'm I'm I was saying this a couple of years ago. You guys go to the Hall of Fame. I've never actually got to go to the Hall of Fame, and I never got to go to WrestleMania. But my thing is, I'm afraid that the 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 bad people that are there, the bad fans, and we all know them, the jerks that are there, that the ones that are are screaming, um, you know, the what chance, uh, doing all that other stuff, and. Uh, Boring chance at the at the wrestlers that paved their way, like you know we were talking about that when when I first talked to you guys about the bushwhackers. Everybody was like, oh, what did they do for the business? The bushwhackers did a lot for this business. Every wrestler there did a lot for for this business. Same thing with Schwarzenegger. He did a lot. He paved the way for a lot of of guys. So you know what I'm saying? I I just think it was very disrespectful. But that's what yeah, you have. You have. You know, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, you have disrespectful people everywhere, I know, but this is a Hall of Fame ceremony. If, if you want to do that at the wrestlers, that's fine. If you want to do that, you know, in the baseball games, that's cool. But you know what? When Connor's dad is speaking, and, and then and then it got me when, he, when his brother said, I love you, Connor, that just choked me up. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's all I have to say about that. I, Jericho is, is right 100%. It's just, it's one of those things that I think you got to separate yourself. Like, when you do a show like this, um, any show like this where you're giving opinions, um, you know, you speak with friends, um, yeah, you know, it's it's the right, you can do that. You can debate whether someone is Hall of Fame eligible or not. Um, that That's okay. I mean, I'm not going to say you can't debate it one way or the other. I mean, you can you can talk, you're allowed to, to, to converse. However, when it comes to that night, and when you're in the arena for that night and those those men and women are being honored, that's not the time. That's the time to be respectful. That's the time to, to clap. If you don't like someone, then clap politely. If you really like someone, cheer loudly. But when you go to the Hall of Fame, that is not the night 
to boo, to cheer, to make fun, to chant. Uh, that's the night to respect what these people did in the business, regardless of how you might feel personally. And I, I think there's way too many people that their ego gets in the way, and they think that they're the most important person there. And if they are going to be entertained by chanting something or yelling something, then they're just going to do it. And I, I agree. I just think, you know, that's not the place. If you want to debate, no. fine at one point, but not in the arena. And I wholeheartedly agree with you. And I do think, you know, it's interesting with the Hall of Fame that I've been there a number of times, and I've noticed that over the years, first year we went to the Hall of Fame was in WrestleMania 25. And I would say probably about 90% of the people in the building were dressed up. People were in suits, people were wearing ties, um, you know, women were wearing dresses or, or nice pants out. I mean, it was, people were dressed up. Every year since, the crowd has gotten more and more in the vein of jeans and wrestling t-shirts. And I think it's a shame. I think it's a, to me, that night should be classy. I mean, I had a sports jacket on. Uh, you know, friends of ours are wearing sports jackets. Um, you know, we dress for it. We at least dress nicer than we would just yeah. going to a wrestling show. And uh, right. I think we need to look at bringing the, the respect back to, yeah. to that evening. You have respect, and that's what, what Jericho, and that's what I was talking to my mom about today because I let my mom listen to it, and I wanted to hear her take on it. And she asked me, like, questions about the wrestlers and what I thought, and I, I agree with you. I, I agreed that I told her, you know, I said the bushwhackers up there and people are yelling at them. Poor, you know, poor Butch comes out in a can- with a cane. I just love when they were going over, hey, you know, how much, you know, he, this guy did this in the Royal Rumble and I got thrown out and he, we got the same pay, but Butch did all the work. I mean, I love that when Earthquake, but, you know, those are my memories and this is, this is respect and this is where, where we all have to respect each other and you know what, that's classy, can I tell you, to go out there in the sports jacket and stuff, if, if, you know, if ever I go, you know, I always used to say, I was supposed to go to Madison Square Garden, but it didn't work out for me, but hopefully I'm banking on, if the rumor has it, which you never know, I'm banking on Philadelphia, I'm going to, I'm going to, that's where I'm banking to do, because I'm a, I'm a big wrestling fan, and I need to experience the Hall of Fame, and, uh, and I need to experience WrestleMania, and it's time, I mean, this is the way it, it's going to be for me, but I like the a whole weekend um, at WrestleMania itself. I was in love with WrestleMania. I liked how the Sting and Triple H storyline went, and uh, and hey, it worked out in uh, it worked out the way the, the Monday Night Wars worked out. And Eric Bischoff got another chop, and then now Bruce Pritchard and Eric Bischoff got 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 chops from uh, from everybody. So hey, you know that's the that's the way it is. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, and it's one of those things, whether it's a great event or a good event or whatever. I mean, you got as a wrestling fan, I, I mean, and, and I probably say this every year after we go. You can, you can critique creative. You can say this storyline is bad, this one's great, whatever it is. But they do WrestleMania weekend right. They just they treat the fans right that weekend. Uh, you know, it, it's almost like you could picture somewhere in the bowels of the offices in Stamford that they just, they got a group of wrestling fans together and just said, all right, if we could create the perfect weekend for you guys, what would it be? And they just created it. It, it just, it, 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 it flows. Everything is scheduled. Correct. It just, it, it works top to bottom. And it's not just about 
the event, although the event this year was great. It's yeah. about like just it's like a pilgrimage. As a wrestling fan, that is the place to be uh, over the course of that weekend. And I think every wrestling right. fan. Plus, you were in Alcatraz too, well, like Roddy Roddy Piper. Alcatraz. You know, like exactly. Roddy Roddy Piper when he was training for Hogan. You know, you were in. You were in, and you got to see the city. You got to see the sights. That's what I would love to do. That's what I would definitely love to do. You know, you got to see the Golden Gate Bridge. You probably went over it. Did you go over it? I did go over it. We biked over it, actually. So we, that's right. Yes, I, I did see. I, I saw a lot of, uh, I, I caught a lot of pictures of you guys. You guys did some good stuff, and that's what I like. I like that you guys went out there early. You enjoyed the sights. You took in everything that you had to see. Um, and then you did the wrestling thing, and and uh, and that's and that's great. Um, Ken, you met some wrestlers. Who did you meet? Um, we we all we, we met. You know, it was funny. We wound up. We got online. The one thing, if, if there was a negative, that the, the lines at Access have gotten just downright silly. Like you can't five hours there. You really, if you decide you want to meet someone, you really could only meet one or two. Like it just the lines oh. are that long. We got online to meet Dusty for because I just I needed. I, I was like, Dusty's here. Let's just jump on his line. I gotta meet Dusty, and we got about halfway to Dusty, and they changed him out for uh, Christian and and uh, Goldust. And yeah, I, I have to that. say, the one thing I looked at Ken and I said, and not Aaron, I said, it's gonna sound mean, but whatever. The last wrestler I think I would want to meet would be Christian, and we ended up meeting Christian, which it was nice. Nothing against him. It's just he's not my favorite by any means, and it was cool uh, meeting Goldust. I, I think the funniest, the best part of that moment was where they were sitting, there were uh, two posters with uh, The Miz and Summer Rae for the Marine Four. Oh, and they're, they're all on these easels. And they both got up on the stage, and they looked at those posters, and they looked at each other, and then they looked at us, and we all booed. And so exactly. they, grabbed, they grabbed the posters, and they turned them around. So, so it was just the white backside of the poster, and everyone cheered. And then they flipped them around again, and everyone booed, and they just kept doing it. And then they put them on the easel with the back turned, and everyone cheered. And then they sat down and looked at each other, and it was almost like they realized that they were going to get in trouble if they kept the posters turned around. So they got up and turned them back around to the, the right way. But that was pretty funny. They were nice. I mean, it was cool to meet them. I, almost, I, was, I was thinking with Goldust, like if we waited on lo- online any longer – we were going to see Goldust kids. They went from, like, Dusty to Goldust. Like, how many generations of the Rhodes family are we going to go through before we meet somebody? Um, but it was cool. I mean, I admire the hell out of Goldust because I think he, he really has done his best work now. But that, that was really it for us. You know, in years past, we've we've met a slew. But uh, that was it for us this year. Uh, i got to ask Mike, though, before we let you go, because we're talking a lot yes, about sir. the trip. But I, I want to know, you know, What's it was up? a it was a great main event. Um, I thought they, they tossed the bottom. It was it was cool. Um, do you think, do you come out of WrestleMania and, and Raw and everything that happened, did the right guy win the WWE title? Yes, he did. Because uh, no doubt in my mind, he was my pick on the top rope report. I said it. I was on that show. I loved that show. Top rope report for everybody. King Firehawk, your show. Um, the right guy did win because... Roman Reigns was not ready. I called that. I said he well, had to be ready. And um, Brock Lesnar's tired, and 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 he's uh, he's going to take his siesta now, his little nap. He had his he had his fun. He had his tirade. They threw him out, so now he'll get to rest, maybe until um, a week before SummerSlam, and then he'll come back and maybe he'll fight in SummerSlam at the Barclays Center. 
Um, so maybe that's what's going to happen. But the right guy did win. And Michelle, is, is, is the diva on the line? The diva's on the line. The diva's on the line. Well, I got an announcement for you, Miss Diva. May 2nd, you got a show coming up, right? Yep. IWF, I know those guys very well. Biggie Pace, everybody knows Biggie, man. I managed Biggie with the Fat Boys. But that night, I'll tell you what. I will be there. I don't know who's coming oh with me. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy, <laughs> Dave. Get ready, Dave. You're right, Dave. Because Dave, Dave, see, Dave was saying to me on the King Fire show, my drill, my keep like furniture. We can't get rid of them. That's right, you can't. Which is a good thing. Which is a good thing because... Why would you want to get rid of me, Dave? No, you, you can get you rid know? of furniture. You're just like furniture that's there for a long time. Hey, I've been a. Hey, you know what? I've, I've, I'm like Ric Flair. Woo! I keep on oh, going and going. Hey, Ric Flair, the 60-minute man, right? I could go I don't need more than Flair. So anyway, go ahead, Diva. Sorry. Well, Mike, I'm honored that, that you'll be at the May 2nd show. And as you're speaking, I'm scrolling on Facebook, and, and I am a New Kids on the Block fan, and I'm scrolling, and I see these little posts, and it and it up comes Jordan Knight, Donnie Wahlberg, Joey McIntyre, and it says, Mike Ferrara and two other friends like these pages. And I just thought that was hilarious. That's because Mike Ferrara, that's because Mike Ferrara, when I was a kid, I, I grew up in Brooklyn, and the girls like New Kids on the Block, so you know what, Mike Ferrara decided to like New Kids on the Block because of all the women, you know, but the only thing was that Mike Ferrara got got the short end of the stick, because everybody liked Danny and everybody, I mean, but that's a, that's, that is a cool thing about New Kids on the Block, but the one other thing that you could take from me is, I've been a fan since, my God, I've been a fan of wrestling forever. And I'll never change. So the Mike Ferrara show is coming. I just don't, I got to get the equipment. And I got the wrestlers. I got a lot of wrestlers that want to be on my talk show. Like I was saying, I changed the format. It's not going to be a call-in show. It's going to be a question and answer show, an interview show, like the Chris Jericho show. So I'm patting it to Chris. And I got a lot of the independent wrestlers. And I got some old WW, uh, whatever, EF wrestlers. Um, WCW wrestlers, ECW wrestlers, I got a slew of guys um, that want to be on my show, and uh, it's going to be a, uh, a good show. I'm going to pick out the questions, different questions for different people, because I, you know, I heard your show, and you guys had Tugboat on. I want Fred on my show, because I want to ask Fred some different questions, and I want to keep things simple for everybody, and uh, let's see how that works. But I will definitely be at your show, Michelle. Thank you for the new Kids on the Block reference. Dave, love you, Dave. You're the man. You are. Thank and uh, you. Ken, thank you for everything, brother. And you can hear me on the Talk Rope Report. I'll be there Sunday with the guys. Can't wait. Always a treat, Mike. Thank, thanks a lot for tuning in. And just uh, before we let you go, just got to let you know, you got the right stuff. And have <laughs> the wonderful world of Mike Ferrara, good times there with uh, the one and only Mike Ferrara, who uh, we found out tonight is a New Kids on the Block fan. Never ceases to amaze. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's he, go he back does, out. He does not disappoint. What was that? He does not disappoint. No, he does not. And it's amazing because I've said before, like you know, you, you gotta love like the where you where you go with like somehow like now this phone call tonight, we went from like WrestleMania to Hall of Fame to Alcatraz to the Golden Gate to IWF to the New Kids on the Block. That's that's where that phone call went. 
And he gave a shout out to his mom. And his mom. <laughs> Mrs. Ferrara, give Mrs. Ferrara a, a shout-out. Let's go back out to the phone, because I'm you know, trying to remember these numbers. I think this is Mr. Trivia. Trivia, are you there? Hey, guys, what's up? What's going on, Mr. Trivia? How you doing? Well, we're doing pretty good. Ken, Michelle, welcome back from WrestleMania. Ken, thank you very much for the call. I appreciated it. No problem. I was so wrong. I was so wrong with some of my predictions. I was like... Uh, yeah, my sources are telling me that The Undertaker's going to be on Raw. Boy, did I get that wrong. But uh, it well, was a good time. We, uh, yeah, that's, I'm glad uh, to have I'm Thank forward. you for having me. It was, it was fun to be like you know on location there. Thanks for having me. I was in the middle of the tailgate. Uh, it was a good time. And uh, So what did you think of everything? Oh, I thought WrestleMania was just like totally off the hook. It was, it was like the best WrestleMania I can recall seeing in a long time. You know, you. I was surprised. I'm sure a lot of other people were, but to my knowledge, this is the very first time I could ever remember the money in the bank being cashed in during the match. It's usually cashed in after the match. But uh, that was very interesting as to what happened. I was, uh, you know, with the thing last last week with Lesnar, which I thought was totally, completely awesome. But... Uh, now that he's suspended and possibly fined, uh, I don't know, is Roman Reigns in line for a rematch? Because he was the one that, that lost, really. Not, uh, I mean, well, you could say both of them lost, and Roman Reigns was the one that got pinned. But, I mean, is he in, is he in line for his rematch clause? At some point. I mean, I don't know if he's ready. I, what I really loved about the main event, and, uh, you know, and it's, it's rare that you see something like this, but I thought all three guys looked as strong, if not stronger, coming out of that match. Um, you know, you save Lesnar by him not taking the pin. Look, people may have crapped all over it, and maybe he's not ready. But the way they booked the match, if Reigns won the match, it worked. The storyline worked. When Lesnar was opened up, uh, it would have worked for Reigns to win that match. The cash-in, obviously, Reigns winds up taking the pin from Rollins. So, uh, to me, like, everyone looked better coming out of that match. Uh, obviously, especially Rollins, who walks away with the title. Um, I don't know. I think they, they got to see, you know, I don't know if it's a necessarily a total reboot or rebuild uh, with Reigns, but I think there's a certain amount of uh, going back to the drawing board and, and figuring out what exactly to, to do with Reigns. Um, but at some point, he's definitely going to get his crack at Rollins. Uh, your thoughts, Dave? David? Did we lose Dave? Mr. Trivia? I'm here. No, I'm here. I'm oh, you're here, Dave. Oh. Okay. Yeah, sorry, Dave, your thoughts on the main event? I must put my mic on mute. My apologies. Um, the main event, all right, I'll break it down for you. First of all, I thought it was awesome that, I know they didn't do this on purpose, but I thought it was awesome that Roman Reigns came down to the ring with cops. I know they kind of did that because, you know, the, the crowd was pretty rough on him, but I don't think they meant to do it in presenting his character as being more of a badass, but that's how it came across to me. I thought it was so cool he came out with real cops, not indie wrestlers with with cop uniforms, real police officers. And it reminded me of, like, prize boxing fights that we've seen where you, 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 you watch boxing, Ken, you see guys coming down to the ring, they got 1,200 security guards and cops bringing them down to the ring. It just reminded me. It had that, like, big main event championship boxing fight feel to it. 
and you know, under the stars at WrestleMania, the presentation of it was awesome. The physicality in the match was unbelievable. I really thought it was cool that um, Reigns took a beating, and you know, you can attest to this being there in person. But how it came across on television to me was, yes, going into that match, Reigns was a hundred percent hated by that by the audience in that stadium. Overwhelming majority were against Roman Reigns. But as time went on, and, and the more of a beating he took, the more he came back for it, the more the fans started at least respecting him, probably saying to themselves, well, shit, this guy can take a beating, and he's really giving it to Brock. He can definitely hang in the main event. He's not as bad as, as everyone makes him out to be. And you could tell throughout his comeback, when he's hitting his signature spots, when he hit the Superman punch a few times, a couple of the spears, when he was starting to get the best of Lesnar, the audience was starting to, like I said, I think it was just starting to build up. They were respecting him more and more. It was less booze, and there was a few more cheers in for him. And then right at that moment when everybody, when you thought that they were going to go over the top with respect for Roman Reigns, when he was about to hit his finish, then that's when Seth Rollins came in. And it was a perfect opportunity to do it because it's so predictable when a guy cashes in after a match. But to do it in the middle of a match, it's unprecedented. It's never been done before. And I'll have you know, it's, it's, it was an idea that was brought up by former ECW wrestler Lance Storm. Somebody Are you sick? okay? Bless, bless you? Oh, yeah. No, not me. Just, uh, no, it wasn't it's me. Not me. No, I was in my room. I was sneezing, that's all. That wasn't <laughs> anyone that's on the line? Now, that's just weird. Someone's sneezing on the no, line. No, 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 no. That, that was my roommate. He was sneezing. Oh, I was your roommate. Okay, wow. well, bless you then. Yeah, roommate. Did your roommate, Ken, Ken did your roommate got his mouth to the receiver of the phone too? Holy cow! No, he's uh, he's, he's close. Oh, he's close by over here on the computer. No, no, it's in season. Yeah, it's that time of year. You know, when, when we change over from winter to spring, you know, it just happens. You know, it, always during my segments too. You know, people sneeze and fall asleep. You know, shit. You know, it's Ken Reedy. <laughs> anyhow, I, I, like I was saying, anyhow, before I was sneeze interrupted. Um, <laughs> It was the perfect opportunity for the cash-in, and it, and it served purposes for everybody. One, Rollins got rid of that briefcase, and it was a reward for him because he's, he was the one that nobody thought was going to win the title first, and he did it, okay? And he's really held up his end being the best wrestler out of those three to go on to the singles career in the, in the year that he's had in WWE. He was Ken Reedy Show's uh, you know, Wrestler of the Year, voted by all of you, so you know, that show, goes to show what kind of talent he has. Secondly, Brock Lesnar didn't eat the pinfall. Therefore, now he's off TV, suspended. He's got something to come back for. He's probably going to come back at SummerSlam, and it's probably going to be him and Rollins in some sort of match for the title. And Reigns, it gives them time to recuperate with him, okay? They may not have been 100% ready to give him the shot and to have him be the man, but you know what? Now they got time to, to fix some of the mistakes that they made in trying to rush his push into being a main event player. And they also could get the people behind him, too. You know, he got robbed of his opportunity at the title. Now he gets a chance at it again with Seth Rollins. The people might be behind that, that he got screwed. So, to me, it served all kinds of purposes, made for a great moment, great way to end WrestleMania. To me, as a fan, I had in the back of my mind, the possibility of Rollins cashing in was there, okay? But... They made you believe enough that it wasn't going to happen, and then they did it, and that's what made it so cool, and it made me forget that Rollins had the briefcase for that brief moment. So it, it was awesome all around. The whole presentation, start to finish from that match, from the entrances all the way to the finish, 
great main event. Yeah, I definitely agree on that. What I, also, what I thought was cool was uh, DX and NWO when when they both came out. That kind of uh, that kind of surprised me there a little bit. I kind of you know I kind of figured you'd see something with DX, but then when NWO came out, that uh, that was kind of pretty interesting as well. But uh, you know, like what we say, Monday Night Raw is always the best after a pay per view or after a WrestleMania. But the best thing on Monday Night Raw last week was. I thought was real funny was the "You Look Stupid" chant from Sheamus. I mean, I thought that was that that was quite interesting. And Monday Night Raw was was really good last week, and uh, hopefully it'll be just as good this week. Looking forward to my big interview Sunday on the Top Rope Report with Greg the Hammer Valentine. Don't sneeze uh, on that one. Either. No, well, no, we won't be sneezing on that one. Be uh, <laughs> right. be looking at. Uh, the reinforcer is going to be with us too. Uh, Anderson's going to be on there with us, so that's going to that's going to be interesting. And uh, this new podcast is coming up. I'm looking forward to that too. So, but Ken, uh, other than WrestleMania, what did you think of 49er Stadium? I know you're a big 49ers fan. What did no, you think of the stadium? That was incredible. Yeah, it really was. It was just an incredible stadium. Um, it's probably look. I get it. I'm biased. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be, but uh. It, it, to me, it was the nicest one uh, since going on this WrestleMania tour the past few years. Uh, stadium out in Arizona was really nice. Um, it's a shame because these great stadiums that I've gotten to see over the WrestleMania that we've gone to, it just uh, it just really shines a spotlight on how big a piece of crap MetLife Stadium is. And I mean, they, the Jets <laughs> Stadium is just—it's not nice. And uh, um, did really like every time we go to like these nicer stadiums, it's like wow, like why, why did, why didn't we get a better stadium in our area? Uh, but it, it, I thought it was a gorgeous stadium uh, and to the point where we went back. We went back a few days later to catch this a Forty Nine er museum in the stadium. So uh, we revisited the stadium a few days after WrestleMania just to take that in. So uh, it was Excellent. great. I, lo- I absolutely love the stadium. Always great stuff from you, Mr. Trivia. Thanks a lot for giving us a call and. Uh, well, uh, thank you very much for uh, thank you very much for taking time out of your uh, your tailgate party there to give us a call. I was really honored to hear from you, and you know, you and Dave, you guys both called the show, and they were two of the greatest interviews that uh, we've had on the show. Got a lot of responses on them, and uh, hopefully, we'll have more people uh, listening to all of our shows as well as you know, like I said, Top Rope's going to be back on again on uh, Sunday at two p.m. on TalkShoe.com. So hopefully we'll hear from everybody out there, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Mr. Trivia. Talk to you soon. All right. Cover your mouth. Cover your mouth. Oh, jeez. I thought it was Mike Ferrara tapping back into the line somehow. <laughs> it was just weird. We're like, did you sneeze? I didn't. Did you sneeze? I didn't. There was like a mystery. I felt like, the, like what, what are the odds on someone hacking in so they could sneeze on your broadcast? But I... Uh, <laughs> You know, only on our show. Only on our show. But uh, know, good, right? good, 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 insightful stuff, Dave, even though it was interrupted with a sneeze. Yeah, I guess. I mean, now I don't remember what I said because this guy... Because <laughs> this guy didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. before he went on the phone. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's go back out to the phones because we got uh, Anthony who uh, had some... Phone issues, perhaps, or maybe it's us. Anthony, are you there? I'm here. Oh, I'm actually, uh, 
I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm actually outside right now because for some reason, cell phone reception is not working in the house. But the great part about that is it's actually nice enough that I could be outside. And it's yes. finally not freaking snowing. So yes. let's so pray be that careful the pollen yeah. count. Be careful the pollen. <laughs> That's a, I could deal with pollen if it's not snow. But exactly. um, I, I'll get right into Mania because it was uh, it was great. I, I had a, I enjoyed every second of it. Um, both of you guys know I wasn't the biggest fan of the build-up. I went into it with a wait-and-see approach. And my mindset that day was I wasn't I got excited that day, and I think just quickly I think part of the reason for my lack of excitement was I had a lot of other wrestling stuff going on, so I was excited about that, and I didn't love the build, so I was like, hey, you know what, whatever, I'm going to all these indie shows, I'll have a blast, and then I'll watch WrestleMania for Sunday night. What the hell, there's nothing else on anyway. And then that that day I kind of like really got into it, and it, it absolutely delivered. Um, my favorite non-wrestling moment, I guess you'd call it, or non-match moment was obviously The Rock and Ronda because I'm huge fans of both of them for a very long time, and I thought that spot was really cool, and I, I love Triple H and Steph, so it was like, well, it was just like a home run with the four of them in the ring together. But uh, you guys hit on all the points I loved about the main event, too. I thought Dave brought up an excellent point about the cop thing walking Reigns down. I thought that was really cool. Uh, definitely gave it a big fight feel and I, I have to admit and you guys know I'm a big Reigns guy I thought he delivered even more than I expected him to I thought the match would be a slobber knocker it was better than I thought it'd be even when he was kind of getting pummeled you know complex city and all this stuff I said he's going to make his comeback it's not going to be a clean you know just destruction like we saw with Cena at SummerSlam and you know, Kenny brought up the blood thing, and I thought it added a lot to the match. Like, it really did. Like, and I, the same thing for me. It popped in my head, Rocky Four. The Russian's cut. He's cut. He's not a machine. And it's just kind of like that whole scenario. I mean, I, to be honest with you, I was so into the match, I really didn't listen to crowd reaction as much as I normally do. Uh, you were there, so you would know better than me, me anyway. But I thought the match delivered. Um... The cash-in was, I I know I posted this, was I thought the greatest book cash-in ever. Uh, left you so many ways to go, so many different possibilities. You know, you got Lesnar and Rollins again. Uh, I mean, I, you're not a wrestling fan if you don't want to see Lesnar and Reigns again, because to me, that's a stalemate. So you got to have it again. Down the road, doesn't have to be SummerSlam. They have other things to get to, I know that, but I think down the road, Lesnar and Reigns has to happen again. We have to and that stalemate, and I was glad Wesner didn't take the pin. Um, I know you're asking people, was Rollins the right guy? I think he was the best guy in the scenario. If Brock was going to be around, I think Brock should have kept the title. Because as much as I go back and forth on Brock, and I really do, and it's because as, as a guy, I just can't stand him, and I, I still can't stand him, but as a performer, I mean, he's he's the draw, he's the attraction, like, I was like, I'm not going to go to SummerSlam. Now I'm like, damn, I kind of want to go to SummerSlam because I know Brock's going to wrestle, and I won't. It's it's going to be a big event just because he's there, and that felt like the biggest main event in WrestleMania in a long time to me, for me, you know. And I thought it was absolutely outstanding. The thing, the thing, what it was, especially in being in the crowd, is and, and you realize it when you're there live now. 
Um, that the the difference is it's a it's a big fight feel um, beyond wrestling. And I'm not saying that this match was better than than like Taker Michaels or, or you know uh, you know great matches in WrestleMania history. But like when you when you go to the like when you see these other matches, they're two wrestlers. Um, it it was it's almost in in. Like Brock is just beyond that. He's something bigger than 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 wrestling and wrestlers. Like he is a legit, real badass, um, and he really gives that that big fight feel. And I loved that they had Roman Reigns laughing at him. I thought that was a perfect scenario. And like we're saying, the blood from from Brock was very Rocky Four. Um, you know, it, it almost reminded me of Rocky Three a little bit when uh, Mr. T was tagging uh, Rocky, and and he kept saying, "Ain't so bad, ain't so bad." Um, you know, so I I thought it just worked on so many levels, and and Lesnar, yeah, he's just right now, he is such a, a, a draw and such a, a an attraction. Um, again, I'm I'm right with you, Anthony. I don't like him personally, um, and I'm always I'm trying to reconcile. But being in that arena at WrestleMania. It's just it's nothing really compared to the feeling of that of that main event. Yeah, I could, like I said, I can only imagine. I do really want to go to SummerSlam now, just because I wanna, I, I I wanna get that feeling, you know, from 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 what Brock does, and you know the part time stuff. You kind of go back and forth with it, but it just works for him. That whole Mayweather thing, where he only fights twice a year. Maybe Brock only gives you three or four matches a year. But it's 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 definitely like the biggest thing when he does it, and you know maybe it gets stale if you saw him every week. You know how how many times do you see a guy kick everybody's ass every week, every week before you're like, all right, what's he gonna do? Do it again? And I think Lesnar. That's why the the other reason why I thought the cash room was great too, because if Lesnar, even even if with Reigns coming back, if Lesnar destroys him and beats him again, now all of a sudden where do you go? Who can possibly beat? Brock Lesnar at that point, almost nobody. Like you, you'd almost want him to keep the title to 32, and like as crazy as it sounds, have The Rock or somebody beat him because who could possibly beat him at that point? So I think that's the other reason why the cash in work. And um, you know, the rest of the stuff, it was cool seeing NWO and DX, and uh, I was happy that Hunter won. I thought that match delivered too. Uh, the ladder match was great. I mean. I actually, going in, I didn't think Brian was going to win, but he did. I'm ha- you know, he deserved it. He should win. Um, hopefully, he brings more prestige to that title. Um, I, I don't know if it's true. You know, I read something that they're going to do a new US, U.S. title for Cena, so maybe those those titles are going to finally come back to some form of prominence. So I think coming out of WrestleMania, I'm more excited about WWE uh, than I was going in, and I think that's a good thing. I'm not totally sold on all the directions they're going in, but you you know you got like you said you can't overreact to this stuff for what happens on one week. You know you got to let it play out, and I think you know going into WrestleMania you don't like the build, you don't like the build, but then when you see it come together and it's like who gives a shit about the build? <laughs> you know exactly. I mean sometimes you have a great build and a, and a not so great WrestleMania, and this year you had the exact opposite: lackluster build, great WrestleMania. Good stuff, Anthony. Absolutely. Thanks a lot for the phone call, and uh, look forward to talking to you next week. Yeah, absolutely, guys. I got to throw one, one more shout-out real quick. I just had to give my boy Matt Haven a shout-out because he 
he and Mike Bennett, the Kingdom, won the IWGP Tag Titles at, uh, and uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling this weekend. And you know, you guys know how much I love Taven, so I gotta give him a shout out for that. But uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for uh, nice. having me out. Good sir, brother. Thank you. Thanks for calling, Mike Brower. We appreciate it. And Anthony, we got about a minute left. Uh, one thing, you know, I just want to touch on uh, Michelle quickly. AJ retiring, that's some of the big news. As a female wrestler, uh, any thoughts on what AJ brought to the table? I think AJ brought a lot of everything. She was able to be the GM for a while. She was able to, she was one of the better wrestlers. She had great style, of course. And she was crazy. She acted very good at being crazy, so maybe it was part of her inner self. But I just thought she kind of was the full package. And I guess I'm a little bit sad to see her go, but now I get to wear my chucks whenever I want. People won't judge me. <laughs> good stuff, yeah. And thank you all for our phone calls. Uh, Dave, it's great to be back together uh, getting things done. Uh, thank you all to our callers. Again, check out 1640. Uh, new home for wrestling podcasts. It's going to be great. Get on the Facebook, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show for tonight's Monday Night Raw chat. For Dave, I'm Ken. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. Take care, everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.